This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy 2022, Who That Nation, what a start. Steve Geller and Scott Alexander kicking things off for a Saints game day coverage. New Orleans taking on the Carolina Panthers in the home finale today. And the Caesars Superdome, that was flex. We would have had a noon start going on today, but it was thankfully pushed back to a 325 start. I think in helping out the folks at the, uh, in the Superdome, obviously having to deal with that Sugar Bowl last night, uh, quite a game, obviously. Um, Matt Corral, shout out to him for playing in the game. Unfortunately got injured. We'll see if that, uh, how that's going to affect his injury status and draft status going forward now. Yeah, he's going to be the poster boy for, you know, not playing in bowls. You know, they had already had so many opt-outs all through the bowls. Obviously, COVID ended a bunch of games, too, but players were opting out. Players are going to be third, fourth, fifth-round picks, much less a first-round quarterback. He goes ahead and plays, has a gruesome injury, and uh, like I said, this is probably going to be, unless the game means a national championship, more and more players are going to opt out. I was at the game, had a great time. I was with the Sugar Bowl Committee folks, and um, – Good uh, crowd had, out there, huh? Hats off to them. Great crowd. Great, great group of people. It was just, a, it was just a fun night. I know the game wasn't great. I kept telling them I wore, I had the Ole Miss type shirt on, but I bet on Baylor. I said, no <laughs> offense, but uh, I, I don't like tell that. Deuce Baylor's defense. No, I said, you know, it, yeah, I'm just saying. I think Ole Miss is a great team. Even with Corral, I didn't think they could could handle that defense from Baylor. I've seen them enough. I, I've done games this year with Tim Brando and Fox, and uh, I just thought that defense could be too much. But you know what? It was a great, great. Um, show you know I think I think it was a fun time for everybody that went to Sugar Bowl last night and now a tight turnaround pretty amazing what that staff has to go through the whole Superdome yeah. of converting now the Sugar Bowl field to now a Saints home game against the Panthers and I guess that extra time like I said it was a noon kickoff now 325 will help out some and great news heading into this New Year's for this black and gold team I know we're all fighting for that playoff spot right now two games left to go they're going to need some help along with winning out to get there but at least there are some bodies coming back after that last game in the Superdome where we saw um, basically the rookie getting chased all around all over the place. Uh, the offense had no rhythm, and I don't think we really expected that with the amount of people that were out due to the coronavirus. And 
we all know it shouldn't have been played. It ended up getting played, and it just was a, an ugly outcome to watch. We didn't know how helpless it would be. It reminded us of the game against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, when you just knew that you couldn't move the ball, and unfortunately, right, uh, you couldn't do anything. And it wasn't fair for Ian Book. I mean, I listen, you got a, a right a tackle that started the game that neither of us had ever heard of. Hmm. And I mean, so and he was running for his life the entire time against a charged-up Dolphins defense. I remember that's one thing we said. It said, "This is one of the hottest defenses." Right, in their, the league. their offense might not be anything special, but that defense, that front was amazing. They're fast, strong. I mean, they get to the quarterback. They blitz all the time. We got a rookie quarterback that's never played it down in the NFL. It's going to be tough. But we had the same discussion, uh, Steve, when they were five and seven, five-game losing streak. And I remember I was throwing out scenarios. I said, "Guys, you want some bright side? Here's some things that can happen." And those started to happen. You know, they got two wins that we didn't expect. Everybody expected possibly a Dolphins win and maybe, obviously, that win against the Jets. Nobody really expected that Tampa win, right? No, so that was like, oh, you know, chalk it up. So now you're where you thought you'd be, 7-8. and eight. You got to win these two games, and you got to, oh, you know, you got to hope the San Francisco 49ers, they're going to win today. They're going to the, play the Texans. Need the Eagles to lose, too. Yeah, so they got just a couple games that you need to lose. And, uh, you know, if the Niners lose to, obviously, the Rams next week on the road, doesn't matter what the Eagles do because they'll, they'll be tied. I mean, you're already as long as the Vikings you're, you're staying with them. They got to play the Packers today. Right, so, Sunday night football. If you follow the games that, that are favored, if you follow the games that are favored, then the Saints will be in the playoffs. Now that doesn't always happen, but if, if the if the favorites win, the Saints win these next two games. Obviously, if uh, those two games I told you about, the Vikings lose to the Packers today, and next week the Rams beat the 49ers, Saints are in. But you know what? As long as the Saints are healthy, they're a scary team. They're a playoff type team. But when they're not, you know, that's what we've seen most of the last eight weeks is a team that's either been injured or full of COVID. So when they're healthy, nobody wants to play them in the playoffs. Trust me on this. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I was really surprised to see the team got back two people off the COVID reserve 19 list yesterday and safety Marcus Williams uh, and also center Eric McCoy. Two huge boosts for this team. Uh, they are questionable going into the game along with little Jordan Humphrey, still left tackle to Ron Armstead, who's being talked about needing surgery in the offseason. Also questionable, Ty Montgomery, Mark Ingram, Bradley Roby, and Carl Granderson for this team. Uh, but, but like I said, getting back, you're, you're both quarterbacks, Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, uh, that, that's, gonna, that's a huge boost right there. So the, we're not relying on a rookie to carry us against this Carolina Panthers squad, who is coming in pretty banged up as well, especially in their secondary. They're hurting. I mean, they're hurting. They, listen, we better be able to complete some passes today. <laughs> I mean, they've lost 10 out of 12 games. And, and when you talk to their announcer, uh, Mick Mixon, this yeah. week, who, who's fabulous. He's the voice of the Panthers. He was on uh, Sports Talk. He also had on other guys from the Panthers that cover the team. And it was a universal, hey, you guys think you have it bad? Like, you haven't been over here because it's awful. Right, it's like and war stories. I can match you. You think you got problems with your roster? We got problems too. Oh, yeah, and we don't have our offensive coordinator anymore who was like the be-all, end-all, must-get guy that everybody thought was going to end up. I thought was on his way to a head coaching we gig. We all did. Joe Brady, obviously, <laughs> that is the craziest story because – He shot up. His shining star was bright. And, you know, usually coordinators don't get let go in the middle of a season. Something went on there, and I can't wait to hear the, the true story there. Something went on, obviously, Matt Rule right. and, and Joe Brady. And hearing things about him and the owner now, that the owner was, is embarrassed that they gave Rule a seven-year contract, supposedly, to, to get the team. But he's, they're saying Rule will be back. They'll give him another shot next year. Yeah. But he's, it's already the, the hot seat's getting even hotter in Carolina. Well, I think you need more than two years, but the fact is. Oh, and you don't have Christian McCaffrey both years either. Right. That doesn't help. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's like the Saints, 
are thin, right? I mean, when they're healthy, they're great. They really are a very good team. I, say, I don't want to say great, but they're a very, very good team. A team that went 5-2 and two early on. Panthers were a good team when they were healthy. Their defense was strong. McCaffrey, like Kamara, we said this before the Jets game, Kamara takes up space for everybody else to do something. Exactly. All those average players become good because you're getting double and triple teamed on that one guy, McCaffrey. Right. And so that's the same thing with the Saints with, with Kamara because they don't have really many other weapons either, if any. So the same thing happens in Carolina. Their other, their other weapons are better than the Saints. Let's be real. Like, their guys, when they're fully healthy, their receivers are better than the Saints. Oh, and I, I hate to tell you, too, we, we, I forgot to mention, out for today – Good old Traquan Smith got hurt uh, before halftime last game. The chest injury, he's out again. So that's one less weapon, on, uh, again, at wide receiver for this squad. Is Michael Thomas playing today? <laughs> no, we have, still haven't so got him. I've seen him out. tweeting stuff about the new year, though, so I'm excited to see him eventually coming back. Yeah, well. <laughs> if he's going to be that's another question for another show, right, I guess, sure, when we start sure. talking about for next season, will Thomas be back in the mix? But as far as this game today, right. your thoughts on this? you think the Saints – are going to win this game. I, I feel co- a lot more confident with all those bodies coming off the COVID-19 list. I'm hoping that they're not feeling any lasting effects, that fatigue kind of issues into the game. We talked to Taysom Hill on Thursday, and he seemed to look fine, seemed, you know, uh, it didn't look like he was feeling still any effects where he was, you know, pale or... Um, didn't look like he was nourished enough. He definitely had the, the rosy cheeks and the smile and looked ready to go. So we'll see how he's able to perform today. But, I mean, the Saints are, are, are we one, gonna, is, one in five in this building. That's disgusting, right? One in five in this building. But are we going to see him running for his life like Ian Book was as well? Well, at least when he runs for his life, he can do something with it. That's the <laughs> difference. I mean, that is the difference. That's, that's what I said. We have a guy that's at least a weapon if he gets in the loose. He can't throw the ball very accurately, Malafinger or no Malafinger, but the fact is, is at least he becomes a weapon. And we saw that in those two games after, uh, you know, the Saints had the five-game losing streak. Regardless, you know, he, he can do some things. I mean, you get him and Kamara together, at least you have two guys that can make things happen. When you have no offensive line and a rookie quarterback, and then you have to hand the ball to Kamara, and he, everybody knows he's going to run the ball, yeah, yeah he's no weapon. But now Taysom Hill, you have to, you have to you know, account for Taysom Hill. And that's what you didn't have to do with Ian Book. And the talk, uh, this morning, I think it was NFL Network saying, basically, with Mark Ingram's injury, he is questionable, but they're really not expecting him to suit up today. So expect um, Tony Jones to end up being the number two back for the Saints today. Yeah, Tony Jones Jr., you know, he's obviously had a great preseason, hasn't done a whole lot in the regular season. But then again, the game he got to start with Buffalo. Yeah. Helpless once again. Uh, and, and the way we've seen this team fall behind, too, they haven't really been able to have that commitment to the run unless you're playing the, and the New York J-E-T-S Jets, who are just a sucker for everybody. This is pretty much the equivalent of the Jets right now. I mean, the way they're, they're banged up, uh, you know, the Dolphins came in with that winning streak, two against the Jets, one against Carolina. Yeah, yeah. But Carolina right now, um, I think they just want to end this season. I'm not saying the Saints are definitely going to win, but I'd be, I'd be shocked right now if the Saints lost this one. And I'm st- Remember, I'm, I'm the guy that was cautious about the Giants game. I'm the guy that was cautious about the Falcons game. Yeah. I'm not as cautious about this. I'll be completely shocked if they lose the, this game. The one thing that does concern me still is the fact that it's an NFC South opponent. Sure. And they would love nothing better than to ruin the Hoodats in the Superdome, you know, being loud and proud and cheering and ruining their good time uh, post the New Year celebration, even though, you know, we've got this influx of good news going on. But I got to tell you, man, even the last game Monday night, how many 
how many Miami Dolphins fans did you see in this soup, this dome? I mean, we're getting I feel I feel like that more and more visitor presence is coming. The only ones coming for this one are the ones that come to party <laughs> on New Year's Eve. That's it because Carolina is not showing up for this. There's race. not that huge Panthers following. No, they're all bang the drum. They're all in Chapel Hill today for a, a basketball game. They're not worried about this one. But yeah, the <laughs> Dolphins had a lot to play for, man. The Dolphins had a six-game win streak. Now it's seven. Those fans came, and obviously we've seen. We're here at Rouse's. We see all the fans that come into Rouse's to get their pregame entertainment uh, party. You yeah, haven't seen a Panthers jersey yet. Not yet. No, we're, and I doubt we will. We'll see. Yeah, if we, if we, if we see one, we'll let free folks know if there's any Panthers fans in town. You know, Christian, Garrick, their king Christian cakes. Garrick and I had a conversation on air, like right when I first started back in June, when you're looking for topics, and we're like, worst uniforms, right? Yeah. And for me, it's always been the Panthers because they remind me of like an XFL team. Like, it's just like these colors. You're too young because you – I was going to say the Michigan Panthers. Right. So, I mean, but <laughs> A little bit. It's just these colors, man. Like, like, like they just seem USFL-ish to me because now you're, you're a little younger than me. So, like, Tampa Bay when I was 10 was coming yeah, yeah. into the league, right? So, I know this but team was, was around 95, right? I, so as a young chap, I'll tell you, my first football jersey ever, ever, not, not even NFL, was a New Jersey Generals Herschel Walker jersey what, what my dad got me. A, what a great one to have. No, I know. I wish I still had it. What a great – I mean, listen, that's a cool one. That, that's a you great know, throwback I wish I still had in the closet. You know, at 80, at 95 Panthers jersey when you are a kid wouldn't have been cool. No, definitely no, not. No. But, but Herschel Walker, the greatest <laughs> college player I've ever seen, I mean, yeah, that would have been cool. So, uh – Listen, uh, I don't even know the whole lineup coming in for the Panthers. I know they got Chuba Hubbard when I did a bunch of Oklahoma State games. Right. He was a great running back. But in the NFL, it's a different story. I mean, he's a good running back, but he's certainly not, you know, Christian McCaffrey type good. But, um, listen, you, you said it best. The Saints aren't completely healthy. They shouldn't be taking anybody for granted. And and I w I'm curious to see if they, they're playing with a sense of urgency today. You know, now they're getting some of their players back. you got the entire linebacking core back. Remember last week we had no starters. Obviously, Every, right, everybody Demario was on the COVID Davis, list. Caden, Caden Ellis, all out. They're all back. And we've seen that defense only gave up 10 points in my book last week. They gave the seven points Absolutely, up. Absolutely, right. Pick six. That field goal they got after you kind of had to go for it from your own 35-yard line. Right, we were in desperate times. So they gave up 10 points. I mean, they gave up 10 points. Even without all, that, all the personnel that they have, which right. gives great credit to our guy Dennis Allen, who, man, you got to think that he's going to be uh, one of the top names for a head coaching job after the season, although I said that last year too, and he, I know he was interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I don't think anybody else. Well, I hope he's not because I like him here. Want to keep him around, but yeah, right? But I mean, obviously he's going to be one of the names bandied about. But yes, uh, as far as the injuries, you want to tell people, you know, who, what's the latest and who's coming back uh, today playing? We definitely have back in the mix. Uh, Caesar Ruiz was. Uh, came off the COVID-19. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Eric McCoy came off the COVID-19 list. And we also had um, Marcus Williams was a big one, too. We'll uh, talk about we'll, it We'll get back, more yeah. about the roster coming back with more first take here on WWL. Here at the Rouse's Market in the CBD, stop by. Remember, New Year's is over. Christmas is over. You know what's coming up? It's Mardi Gras time. <laughs> you know what that means? King cake season. I thought you were talking about Martin Luther King weekend coming in two weeks. I'm right. already salivating. Okay. I'm smelling the king cakes being made fresh here. The display is right over on the side of us. You can get your large, your mediums for your offices, you know, the, the stuffed king cakes. I prefer just the plains myself. But Rouse's Market, always your one-stop shop. And, yeah, great time for Mardi Gras king cakes. Don't wait on all those other, you know, huge lines on, on these other – specialty bakeries you're hearing about rouse's markets man you come in 
boom, they've got your king cave here waiting for you all the time. Coming back with more First Take after the break here on WWL Saints Radio. Stephen Scott. First Take here with Steve Geller and Scott Alexander at the Rouse's Market in the CBD. Your king cake headquarters with the Mardi Gras season approaching rapidly. Scotty, I'm pretty pumped actually for this home game, not just because it's the finale, but because we actually have finally a good chance of coming away with a victory here today. I know it was pretty daunting last game to try and get up from, but with the amount of players that we've gotten back from the COVID-19 list and the fact that, like you were saying, this Panthers team is pretty reeling coming into this matchup, limping, you would say. Uh, They just made a switch at quarterback, had Cam Newton come back, declaring he was back, and even though he had lost five straight games for this team, now you turn him back to a Sam Donald, who was pretty good week two against this Saints squad. I think we threw him, saw him throw for 300-some-odd yards, two touchdowns or three touchdowns, was it, in a pick? I think it was two touchdowns in a pick. He looked great. He looked great. He looked like the Donald people thought. But they were drafting of, right. Coming out of college when the Jets got him. and uh, you know, But I don't, I don't know what happened with he and Joe Brady, but uh, they, when they got Cam Newton back, they, they thought that that might be a, a little fix, and it looked for like a game or two like oh, this might work. You know, they beat the Cardinals 34-10 to 10 on the road. Um, and then not with Cam though. No, no, no. But everything just went south after that. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's just been ugly. They've given up at least twenty nine points in each of the last five games. That's not Panthers D, right? No. I mean, you know, thirty two six last week, thirty one fourteen the week before. I mean, so you know, this team, like you said, they're not like the Falcons kind of rivalry where they really can't wait to spoil the Saints. You know, on January eighth, if the Saints were to win this game, uh, but yeah, they would love nothing more then to beat the Saints and say, hey, at least we put you all out of the playoffs too. You know what I'm saying? Right, and a little revenge it. too. Uh, obviously, they would be getting the se- or a regular season series sweep of the Saints, which is a, a little, you know, poke in the, in the gut too as well. Look at this Rouse's King Cake coming our way. Oh, man. See, I mean, you, you asking, you, you shall receive. It, I, mean, I mean, I love them. I, I, I get Rouse's King Cakes all the time. Like I'm, I said, I live a block away. If my 11 years listening, 11-year-old's listening right now, he's going to be super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Let him be jealous because we're about to pile down some, uh, some stuff. Regular cream cheese filled king cake, and I cannot wait. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just saying with this game today, you know, we see the Saints are back to being favored at home, and it's been a tough go in the Superdome. And I, I know everyone's talking about what's happened to the dome field advantage. Why can't this team win in the Superdome anymore? And, and I think it just has to – it really just comes down to the players that we have available right, right. now. I mean, I mean the, the, let's think about the last three games in the dome. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, great. the two Thanksgiving games, you had, you know, obviously the Bills and then the Cowboys and then this Dolphins game. They, they just didn't have the personnel. I mean, listen, I mean, they played the Cowboys tough, but the fact is, yeah, they haven't won They don't have home. the horses, right. It's just so weird. The only game they won was against the Super Bowl champions. And if you count the game last year in the playoffs against Tampa Bay, they've only won one out of, one out of seven now, which is just crazy. So uh, we'll talk more about that. Let's get to our boy Mike Neighbors. Yeah, welcome in Mike Neighbors to the show. Thank you for the time. He's got a new book out, The Breezeway, we want to talk about, plus this matchup against the Carolina Panthers. How you doing today, Mike? Saints are still alive. It's amazing this crazy season, guys. Isn't, yeah. it, isn't it nuts? Isn't it nuts, Mike? I mean, listen, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a team that has lost six of the last eight games, and they're still fighting for a playoff spot. They're right there. All you got to do is win these two and get just a little bit of hope, and you're there. You know, I don't know how your audience feels. I don't know how you guys feel. I just feel like I've never been more wrong about a football team since covering them. I mean, the Pack- they beat the Packers, they beat the Patriots, they sweep the Bucks, but then they lose to the Falcons and Giants at home. 
So I think their road is easier than the competitors they have in the NFC, but it's been that kind of year, guys, where it's just hard to predict this football team. So, Mike, how has the book release been going? I see you've been doing uh, a bunch of uh, signings around town. I uh, still have uh, yet to pick up my copy. I was hoping to get one for Christmas. Uh, but I, I've been seeing it's a collection of all great stories that folks have told about number nine. And I know if people weren't missing them before, they're sure missing them this year. Yes, yeah, Steve, I appreciate it. I, I didn't know how the response would be, but it's really been overwhelming. It's been great. And we did two book signings a couple weeks ago, and they went so well, we're going to do two more uh, this week. So if you're a Saints fan, you want to copy my book, The Breezeway. And, you know, I interviewed Drew after every game for 14 years, so it's really a behind-the-curtain look at his career. Along with Drew, though, I talked to Doug Flutie, who's his mentor, and he's a big part of the book, wrote the foreword, has a lot of great Breeze stories. And then after I got Flutie, I wanted to talk to a lot of his Breeze's former Saints teammates. So uh, in-depth conversations with Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister, Lance Moore, Roman Harper, just stories I think a lot of Saints fans haven't heard before. I'm going to be at the Barnes & Noble on Veterans tomorrow night from 6.30 to 8.30. So come by. I'd love to get you a signed copy. And then at the Garden District Bookstore on Tuesday from 4 to 7. So Veterans, Barnes & Noble, 6.30 to 8.30 Monday, and Garden District Bookstore Tuesday afternoon from 4 to 7. Yeah, Mike, I was at your first book signing. I, I was actually doing the show with Bobby and them, and I, I went over after, and I was, I was amazingly impressed about the crowd you had, the, the amount of books that were flying off the shelf, and you know, it couldn't happen to a better guy, in my opinion. You, you had the, the enviable, I don't even want to call it a task, because you got to be the one guy that interviewed Drew Brees after every single game he played. I mean, think about that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling Steve here. Every single game that the great Drew Brees played, he did an interview with Mike Neighbors. And, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to be around for some of that stuff. And I, I watched a couple of them. Obviously, I watched most of them on TV. But I, I saw him sometimes when he was interviewing. Drew never... Never shirk that responsibility. You know how what a competitor he is. I can't imagine Tom Brady, what a competitor he is, but he's not the kind that would go after a loss every single time and then do it willingly, not just saying, oh, I got to do this. He did it willingly, and Mike Neighbors has a way with people. He brought out great stuff with Drew. So tell us about that and, and that experience and, and one day looking back on this when you're a grandfather and being able to tell your grandkids because they're going to be like, every game pops? Really? Right. This Hall of Fame quarterback, you know that intimately? <laughs> you know, it's funny. First of all, I got to brag about the power of WWL radio because when I got to Barnes & Noble for the first book signing, the, there, was a, there was a line when I got there, and the majority of the line was, we just heard you on WWL. So I'm hoping that this <laughs> translates again to tomorrow night because it was so great that you guys had me on a few weeks ago, and I appreciate today's appearance too. You know, Scotty, you mentioned Tom Brady. I've always been a Tom Brady fan and appreciate the greatness of Tom Brady and all he's done. And I've never really understood the people that don't like him just for the simple same, fact that same, he wins. Same. And, but but here's, here's the difference between Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And I had a front row seat to it is, you know, Tom Brady, for all his greatness, is not a good loser. And he's competitive. And Drew Brees is every bit as competitive as Tom Brady. But the difference is Brady is often short with the media after a loss. Drew Brees is better with the media after a loss. I mean, he was, he was better after a loss than a lot of those record-setting nights in the Superdome. And how many of those did we enjoy, right? I just think that he took his job as a leader seriously. And I talk about this time and time again in my book, that he knew he had to set the tone. And he did. He did in so many ways. I mean, the no-call game with the Rams and the Minnesota Miracle, 
he was great with me. He was great with the media. We just saw it time and time again. And I think that speaks a lot for Drew. And in this book, the, the way that I brought Drew with my network, Cox Sports Television, there's a great story in there, and it includes a Sharpie. So when you buy the book, you'll enjoy it. But this book really takes you behind the scenes. But that's one of the constants with Drew is he never shirked an interview. He was never short with me. And three, you know, almost 300 one-on-ones we did together, and it was better after a loss, which was amazing. Hey, Mike, I mean, besides the obvious, like after a Super Bowl victory or, or, you know, the Minnesota Vikings NFC Championship game, does any one time stand out, win or loss, that when you interviewed him, when you left, you're like, wow, that was really poignant. I mean, does anything stick out to you in any one of these uh, particular games that you interviewed him? You know what? One, one interview that really stuck out was the 2019 year. I remember he was hurt, and we're not used to Breeze being hurt, and Bridgewater came in and won all the games. And he came back early. I think it was against the Arizona Cardinals. And you thought, you know, Drew, just wait, enjoy the bye week, get another week of rest. But he came back a week early. And afterwards, I asked him, I said, you know, I'm not alone here, but many thought you should have just sat this one out, enjoyed the bye week, and, you know, you would have been healthier. And he looked at me, and he said, you know what? I'm on borrowed time right now. I got to take advantage of every opportunity. Wow. Wow. And when wow. he said that, I thought, you know what? You got me there. <laughs> so how do I argue against that? So that's how he approached things. And he really gave me the mindset in that interview. And I talk about in the book of early in the week, his goal was to come back. And he didn't really tell a lot of people, you know, his mindset. But that's the way he prepared. And he really wanted to come back before that bye week. And he easily could have rode into that bye week and not played. So that was that, that was an interview that surprised me on a lot of levels. It's funny now we come into this game uh, today and, you know, we saw Drew Brees dealing with a thumb issue and now you have Taysom Hill uh, still dealing with a, a finger issue, also coming off the reserve COVID-19 list uh, to play in this game. And we've seen so much adversity for this Saints squad to overcome this season. There's still that, that hope for the playoffs and you just have to admire the, the guts and the will of this squad to keep fighting. But what are you seeing from what do you see from this matchup against a Carolina Panthers squad that's also pretty banged up? The, the Saints aren't the only one, obviously, between injuries and the, the COVID-19 dealing with that with the Panthers. Yeah, you know, I look at this, this Saints team, though, is it's, it's amplified, though. I mean, everybody's dealing with COVID. Everybody's dealing with injuries, but not to the degree the Saints have in either category. And frankly, they had to evacuate early in the season and you know it's I mean I remember when they, they played a couple of weeks ago in New York or New Jersey guys they play the Jets and I'm thinking you know the Saints if you just looked at them on the surface and their numbers and their record and especially their home record you would think this is a bad football team but it's not it's just a snake bit football team they drafted well they've signed good free agents you know they've had cap issues but they've been able to navigate them pretty well they just had bad luck I mean some teams are just bad football teams and frankly, we've seen that in Carolina. I mean, they're a fraud at this point. I mean, they look good early, but they weren't that good. They weren't as good as we thought they were early on. And now I think the Saints are at a position where they have a lot of the players back and they know they're still alive. And, and frankly, if you break it down, I mean, you look at Minnesota, they got to play the Packers. You look at the Niners, they got to play the Rams. You look at the Eagles, they got to play the Cowboys. The Saints have a nice road with the Panthers and Falcons, and I think they, they take care of business. The schedule lines up easier. But then again, this season's been crazy where we think they're going to win and they lose. So it's hard to predict. But I think the Saints are actually in a good spot right now in terms of getting guys back and in terms of their schedule and the way it shapes out. It's crazy how people have short memories. When they lost five in a row, the Saints 
everybody kind of wrote them off, and I, I kept saying, throwing some scenarios out, and all of a sudden they won two in a row, and everybody was right on board. And then they have this game Everyone last week. Everyone loves the winner. Everybody's, they, last week, and everybody's like, oh, it's going to take a miracle. But it really won't take right. a miracle. That's what I'm just trying right. to say. It won't take a miracle. It's going to take things happening the way they're supposed to, winning these two like you're supposed to, and then those games you just mentioned with the Niners and, um, and obviously the Vikings, they're not supposed to beat the Packers on the road. They're not supposed to beat the, Niner, uh, the Rams on the road. So if it shakes out like it's supposed to, the Saints will be there at 9-8 and eight in the playoffs, and they're going to be playing a team like Tampa Bay likely. Uh, and, you know, Tampa Bay doesn't want to see them again. They haven't scored a touchdown no. in Tampa on them in, in, since, no. I think, the, uh, since maybe the, the Bush administration. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's been a while. So I can yeah. tell you, I live in Tampa, and, and, and they don't want any part of the, of the Saints right now. They don't because the matchup is there. They figured out Tom Brady. And, you know, back to your point, though, about this crazy season. I mean, think about it. I think Sean Payton was the coach of the year after the first quarter of the year. The way he was maneuvering Jameis Winston, the way he was, you know, juggling a lot of, of losses on this football team due to the cap hits. How crazy of a year is it for Sean Payton? Because he's coached as well as anybody in the NFL. But he, at the second half of the year, he's had one hand tied behind his back. Then he gets COVID. I mean, it's just been every week it's been something. I thought – Sean Payton's quote this week was really indicative of, I think, of how a lot of fans feel, is that you become numb to all the week-to-week change, and you're not surprised anymore. Almost like you have to have that attitude that nothing surprises me anymore with the Saints season. So with all that, guys, the fact that they can beat Carolina and set up that exciting final game against the Atlanta Falcons for the playoffs, there's a lot to play for, and there's a, there's a lot of excitement these last two weeks. Mike, I'll see you over in the Dome in a couple hours. But before we let you go, remind people where these book signings are going to be. Like I, like I told everybody earlier, I was at one of them. It was fantastic. I'd like to go to the Garden District one then, this next one. Absolutely. When are they? I, appreciate, I appreciate you letting me plug that. Yeah, my book is The Breezeway. I've interviewed Drew um, you know, a lot of times over the years, almost 300 one-on-ones. It's a behind-the-curtain look at Drew Brees. We'll be at the Barnes & Noble on Veterans from 6.30 to 8.30 tomorrow night, Monday night, and then at the Garden District Bookstore from 4 to 7 on Tuesday. So eight, uh, 6.30 to 8.30, Barnes & Noble on Monday, and 4 to 7, Garden District Bookstore on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. I appreciate the time, Mike. Be seeing you in the Dome soon. You guys are the best. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care, brother. Steve Geller and Scotty Alexander on first take here. The Oakland Heart Jewelers Rolex time check, three hours, 42 minutes, till a 325 kickoff in the Caesar Superdome between the Saints and Panthers on WWL Saints Radio. Back after the break. Back on first take, Steve Geller, Scott Alexander at the Rouse's Market in the CBD. Feeling anxious, feeling excited, feeling positive for this game, this home finale, even though I know things haven't been great in the Caesar Superdome or for the Saints at all this year. But I'm telling you that the, the news of these players coming back from the COVID-19 reserve list, just seeing the fight. I know it wasn't a pretty outcome, but the team was still giving it their all against that game uh, uh, last week on Monday Night Football. And I just think with the way Sean Payton coaches and the way that you have the leaders on this team, the the response level, I'm expecting an intense game against this NFC South opponent today. Yeah, I mean, just think about this. Just, just two games ago that they shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the best they, offense in the NFL right now. Averaging 31 or so a game, they, they shut them out. And, you know, and last week they played valiantly despite missing Malcolm Jenkins, their, their team leader in the secondary. He's Obviously, back. The entire, the entire linebacking core and even, 
you know, the, the guys like Granderson who are rotation players at defensive end and stuff. So you're getting guys back. The offense we thought was going to even miss another offensive lineman and, and Eric McCoy when he picked up COVID on, on Thursday. We thought that was all she wrote. Now we're getting word that he's likely to play. And, and that's – offensive linemen you think are interchangeable. They're really not. Because you don't see them doing the glory things. You don't see them getting the, the touchdowns and spiking right, that, the ball. Right, that war in the trenches everyone talks about. Yeah, definitely no love you're getting in there. for. There's no stats for that. But they're Except so, for the sack, sacks you might be giving up. They're so Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They gave up eight. That just, but they were helpless, man. You got a young defense that was going on. I don't want to make excuses for the team. That's not what I'm trying to do. But when you're, but they're, all, they're when not you're excuses, though. It's, it's, right. As Bobby would say, it's right. facts. It's, it's facts. facts. It is facts. And Bobby's 100% <laughs> right. It is facts. But, you know, no, in the long run, nobody's going to be – you know, feeling sorry for you, right? No, but, definitely not. But, you know, they're getting back. That's my point is when they're healthy, they're a very formidable football team. And that's the thing. People tend to forget when you're on a losing streak. Right now, I mean, it's just a one-game losing streak. But the fact is that they've lost six of eight. And people are like, oh, man, they must stink. It, there's a, it's not like it was the last three years when you had so much depth that you could absorb some stuff. This has just been an avalanche. We had Mickey on the coach's show, uh, the coach's hour, Saints hour. Saints hour, yeah. On Tuesday. And, you know, he, he was so honest about it. I mean, you could tell he was shell-shocked. He's like, yeah, we're, we're built to su sustain some of these guys, but not when you have 24 guys out. I mean, it was – you almost felt for the guy. I mean, I mean, it's like – I mean, I did feel for him because this is an unenviable job he's got. Him and uh, Kai Har Harley were on, and they were both like, you know, we just don't, you, don't you can't prepare for something that, that happens like this when you have so many guys out you have to replace. And not just be backups. Replace and start them. So what did you think about the, uh, you know, Monday night atmosphere for uh, last game? It took a while. I think it always takes a while to fill up the Superdome in those night games. Everyone takes a while, you know, straggling in late. And that probably will happen again today, too. But I still felt like the, the intensity, that, that the, the passion was there. did see too many, you know, the, the white, teal, and orange fans showing up in the, uh, one of the end zones was pretty packed with Miami fans. I was actually impressed that they traveled so much. Listen, the Saints fans are going to be there. We just have to give them something to cheer for. I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing too, right? Everyone's like, "Oh, where's this big, loud home field advantage?" It's like, well, the team's got to do something too. I'm Steve Geller, Scott Alexander. We got more coming back from Rouse's Market in the CBD, where you're a King Cake headquarters for this Mardi Gras season. Steve Geller, Scott Alexander, first take, WWL Saints Radio. Well, who that's? We're sure hoping we're hearing this song at the end of the game today. All I do is win. New Orleans Saints needing a victory today against the Carolina Panthers. The home finale getting you ready for a 325 kickoff in the Caesar Superdome against the NFC South foe Carolina Panthers. And we just got through Christmas. We just got through New Year's. And now we are heading into... Mardi Gras and king cake season in the Rouse's markets here is pumping out those king cakes. I know Scotty and I are munching away this morning. It's a great breakfast. It is so good. <laughs> I have to tell you, I've already had two pieces and I'm eyeing a third right now as we speak. But um, before we go to break, let's talk about the great John Madden who passed away. I mean, I remember getting A news. man we will definitely be missing. And, and for so many different reasons. I mean, like as a kid, I remember he was a young coach with the Raiders and he couldn't get over the hump. With the Steelers, I mean, you, you weren't even born yet, but I was just a kid. I remember, like, the, the immaculate reception, man, <laughs> me and Franco Harris. That game was going to put the Raiders in the Super Bowl. It didn't happen. I, I ended up going to the Super Bowl in New Orleans, Super Bowl nine. I still have a, a little uh, credential. I still have it because I was selling programs with my older brothers. Wow, but the okay. Fact is, it's pretty cool. It says 1X, 9, um, and it's a crescent. But the fact is, is that 
they finally got over the hump and they won that Super Bowl in the mid 70s against the Vikings. I remember it so well. Uh, and then they moved forward, and then he obviously became one of the great broadcasters of all time. I mean, listen, he made broadcasting fun. Yeah, like, him, him and Summerall was such a magnificent team. Like, I, and I don't care what era you're from. I mean, coaches have, that have talked about Madden are speaking reverence of those guys broadcasting. And when they became coaches, like John Harbaugh says he has saved no messages on his thing except the ones from John Madden. He says, I'll never I erase see that. Them. That's amazing. He says, he says, this is a guy that I just couldn't believe thought enough of me to leave me a message. And, you know, and then obviously we all know him as the big video game magnet, but – but the, he's just a, just a legend in every sense. And everything he's done, he did it with style, class, and, and he, had, he did it with fun. And what's amazing, such and notable as a coach and for his video game, but never got to play in the NFL because of an injury. Right, right. He was an, he was an eagle, right? I think he was yes, an eagle. Yes, drafted by the Eagles in the 21st right. round, I think, back yeah. then. Steve Geller and Scott Alexander wrapping up the first hour of First Take. We'll be back with more at the Rouse's in the CBD here on WWL Saints Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 